Hello and welcome to another edition of Inside the Borough, the FAU podcast for and by fans. My name is Dan. I am joined by Jack and Shane as usual. And tonight we are going to go over the FAU versus Old Dominion uh, game this weekend up in Norfolk. Uh, and FAU coming off a really heartbreaking loss uh, against Marshall. And uh, we really won't spend much time on that. If you uh, care to, to hear our thoughts about the breakdown of that, check out last uh, last episode. And um, But FAU comes in as the favorite as this game, which uh, why, why shouldn't they? Uh, Old Dominion's only won one game. They're kind of struggling with quarterback play. They don't know who's going to play. They're not really averaging much uh, on offense. This is uh, – Old Dominion's one of – I feel like one of the few teams uh, outside of uh, FIU where – uh, FAU actually has a winning record. The, uh, the series is three to two in FAU's favor. FAU having won the last two uh, pretty convincingly. Um, last time we were up in Norfolk was when Jason Driscoll uh, kind of ran crazy. I think he had four rushing touchdowns. Motor had a bunch. It was a great. Uh, that was a great game. So we're hoping for for something similar to that. And. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's not as much to, to to really say about Old Dominion. I mean, us us saying that, uh, I think Lane kind of feels that uh, that way as well. He said something about, you know, who, doesn't matter who your opponent is, that's you still have to prepare uh, the right way. So hopefully FAU, um, this isn't a letdown game. Hopefully it's more of a blow some steam off, you know, kind of get back uh, get back in the win column. So um I don't know, Shane. What do you have any? What are, What are your thoughts on Old Dominion's uh, this year? Well, I, you know, I do want to say this. Going up there, Old Dominion has one of the better fan bases in Conference USA. They just did a sixty-seven, sixty-eight million dollar renovation of their stadium. I went up there two years ago at the uh, the five tu- the five running touchdown game uh, up there, and their donor lots. Their fan base is one of the best ones. They, like, pack that house every week. They have really good tradition there. Uh, they have great facilities on that campus. I'm glad, uh, you know, they expanded that football stadium. Their basketball uh, facility is amazing up there. So it's kind of wondrous. And, you know, there's decent recruiting in that area, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, there's a lot of good high school football, and they can easily go down to North Carolina and you recruit in Atlanta. But, you, they kind of came on the scene hot in FBS and had a couple good season. Uh, we were just talking about before the show that 10 and three season that they had uh, just a couple years ago in 2016, but it's kind of faded off. They haven't recruited particularly well. And I, a lot of people think this is Bobby Wilder's uh, last year. They've just been there forever. Uh, he's kind of debacled the quarterback situations and have developed. They had Steven Williams a couple years ago, who was like a 17 year old freshman playing for him. And now he's playing receiver. Uh, They don't, I don't know who's going to, we'll see the most of this week. We think uh, Messiah DeWeaver will be the main quarterback. He started last week, but he went six of 24 and is completing 36% of his passes, which is unbelievably bad. Uh, yeah, uh, Stone Smart, their other quarterback, uh, who turns the ball over a little bit more, is played in every game. He's completed nearly 60%, but he has five picks and only one TD. I mean, they have two passing touchdowns on the year, two. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that their offense is a disaster. It's kind of a nice 
rebound game. You know, uh, FAU's seen plenty of good offenses and great running backs in UCF and Ohio State. Uh, some of our deep, uh, defensive stats are maybe a little off because of that. You know, I was kind of digging through stats before the game, and our total defense is kind of down there right now in Conference USA. But, you know, just some things that are looking up for FAU. We have the highest turnover margin in the conference. We're plus eight. Uh, you know, we've already surpassed uh, the amount of sacks. Uh, you know, we had last year. So it's, it's, we could see kind of between the lines where we're getting better. It's, you know, uh, kind of that bend, don't, but don't break and force turnover style. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I'd like to see this week though, uh, is a defensive touchdown because we've not had a defensive touchdown. Uh, I think since the Bethune, -Cookman, right. I think the Chris Tooley fumble recovery against Bethune Cookman was the last yeah. touchdown we've had. Jack, do you off the top of your head? Cause that's the one I remember. That's, that's the only one I can really think of. Uh, right now we were close a couple times, especially with some interceptions. Uh, that being said, <laughs> Uh, I'm right. I'm right on board with you guys with, with this week. Uh, you know, let's take out some of the anger from the Marshall game out on a pretty lowly old dominion team. You know, this team reminds me a lot of FAU in 2011, uh, quarterback issues, mm. uh, kind of both quarterbacks have been playing a little bit smart. Like you mentioned, Shane, decent <laughs> percentage, but he can't throw any, you know, he keeps throwing picks. Could David Cooey start for this team. Oh God! I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, Cody or Stephen Curtis, Grandpa? Yeah. Who knows, man? And, and, and maybe uh, the Monarchs have lost six straight. Their losses are getting worse and worse. Uh, they lost to UAB fourteen to thirty-eight last week on the road, uh, but they lost to Western Kentucky by seventeen. They lost to Marshall on the road by twenty-one, and then lost to UAB in Birmingham by twenty-four. And they uh, somehow almost beat Virginia Tech. Well, I mean, but Virginia Tech is one of the worst P5 teams. I know. I'm just saying. It's. I mean, it's that's well, like it's tradition for them at this point. Miami, want a cookie? You know what I mean? Like, good for Central it, Michigan. Almost beating Miami. It's not saying anything. They they beat they beat Virginia Tech last year, and we right. destroyed them. I mean, they seem to have that instinct. Oh no! I, well, I will say it's kind of looking, you know, into ODUs. They do not give up a lot of big plays on defense. No. So it's one of those things where. Our offenses, I think there's almost a good challenge for our offense in a way where we're going to have to maybe kind of do the long drives, not just depend on big plays in this game because they just don't give it up. So, you know, this is a good game to kind of really get the running game going. Uh, you know, Chris is going to have to complete a high percentage of passes and not turn them over, uh, not let them hang around. Because uh, it, it – when you when a team has a good defense, anyone can stick around, and then you get in the game. Lane did say today they practice poorly. Uh, mm. You know, he, he was quoted saying it, it felt like the team was practicing, uh, like they looked at their ODU's record, and it's kind of why I said I wish Western Kentucky was this week. So it's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> sometimes after a loss, it's like especially a tough loss, it's like you got to quickly focus, like, just get back. Your next big, big opponent's coming. There's no time. You know, it's just easier to have the tougher opponent uh, on the road and kind of rebound for that than kind of go off there and sleepwalk through a game. And, and let's, let's mention this, that Bobby Wouter is probably coaching for his job right now. Uh, oh, his job's done. 
Well, let's, let, let's see. Let's see how it is. It, it definitely seems like he knows he's on the hot seat. He he made a he had a quote this week. I have it here. On he when he's saying this, he's talking about both the players, the fans, any any administration. He said they deserve better results. That's my job. I have to give it to him. Uh, it, it sounds like a coach that knows that he's he's coaching for his career. Um, it also is a homecoming game up for Old Dominion as well. So we know sometimes that's tricky because, Shane, you said it. They do have one of the best fan bases. They do have that beautifully uh, renovated stadium that they have up there. So they could be up for this game. They had a, a, a players meeting right after the Old Dominion – or right after the UAB loss. Uh, and it seems like that has actually motivated the players a bit more to practice the level they're supposed to. Uh, so maybe they're getting some, some belief back into the program again. But – I mean, that being said, as good as their defense is, I, I think it's – and we've talked about this beforehand, guys. I think it's mainly because they really haven't played a good offense yet. The best offense they've played is either Western Kentucky or Virginia. I mean, they didn't play an Ohio State or UCF style of offense, that's for sure. Um, their offense is awful. I have the stats right here, guys. Dead last total offense in all of FBS football, 130th. Worse than Rutgers, worse than Rice, worse than UTS State, New Mexico State, so on and so forth. They average 3.79 yards per play, also dead last. They're the only team in the entire nation to average less than four yards per play. 125th in first down offense, 123rd in third down conversions, 112th in completion percentages. Uh, they don't have a running back. They do a running back by committee. Last week against UAB, granted, solid uh, defense up there in Birmingham. Uh, they only had one player rush for more than like 3.5 yards, and he only had two carries. So it, it, it definitely reminds me of 2011 because you look at this offense and you're thinking, where is the spark going to come from? Where, where is this long play that you need to turn the game around, turn the season around, going to come from? And you, you just don't see it anywhere on this roster for Old Dominion. Yeah, so, so suffice it to say, FAU should, should win this game handily. Um, and uh, the, the opening line was like 16 and a half, I think. Um, so, the, I mean, again, this, this should be a game that hopefully FAU doesn't play down to the competition. There's, you know, that's, uh, uh, I don't think that will be, I don't think that will be a problem. And uh, it would be nice to get the running game going uh, a little bit. I think I wouldn't be surprised um, if there's more runs just because of how uh, uh, Lane critiqued uh, Chris pretty tough. I imagine that carried over into practice to, uh, you know, when it's a run pass option, uh, one of the options is to run uh, and not, as Lane said, stand back there uh, and get sacked. So I, th I think we'll see a, a pretty solid rushing attack. Well, well, we'll see. I don't, I don't know really what the hell uh, Larry uh, McCammon is this week. It, you know, Davidson, I just noticed one little thing on the depth chart. Davidson, like, officially passed him. So, which, which I think he's deserved it play-wise over the week because, you know, Larry's just been hurt. So, yeah. I, you know, Hefeu's just kind of, again, really down running backs. They can't seem to get everyone healthy, and it's just kind of a pile of little injuries. So, you know, we'll see. This could be, you know, a day where we need Malcolm to carry it 25 times. 
And, and, and that might happen because this could be one of those games where you mentioned we're not going to be able to get a lot of big plays against this defense. Now, I don't think our defense is going to be on the field uh, for extended periods of time. Therefore, the offense is going to have to drive. And if Malcolm Davidson is taking 25 carries, eventually he's going to need a break. And, you know, we're going to have to find the next man up. Uh, Lane Kiffin, yeah. coach, he's not too chatty about the injuries. I mean, I get it. He doesn't have to be. Uh, but we just we just don't know what to expect if, God forbid, uh, Davidson, who's not you know the strongest player on the depth chart, goes down. So we'll we'll see what happens if that situation arises. Does Larry come in and begin to play some more, or do we see the return of James Charles? I mean, the the Tariq Tisdale, maybe we don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, well, we'll see. But like I said, uh, and as we've really been saying, this is a game that FAU should should handle. Um, there is some recruiting news, and Shane will give a, uh, a little bit about that. But on the, the recruitment staff uh, side of things, FAU had a coach, uh, defensive line coach Lance Thompson, uh, was sanctioned uh, not for something at FAU, but actually uh, he was at South Carolina last year with Will Muschamp and um, committed some – uh, recruiting violations, he's basically not allowed to uh, recruit off campus. You know, uh, not not the biggest loss in the world. I'm sure he's a good recruiter, um, but that's just uh, kind of keep that in mind that there is some uh, some recruiting news. But Shane, what is, what is, uh, um, you know, what is some of the things that have been going on in the recruit, recruitment world? Well, just regarding Lance, it's, it was, you know, Lane said today he didn't expect the sanctions to be so stiff. Uh, him getting this penalty for just the fall is in the end of the world. Uh, right now, FAU has seven committed um, right now, you know, to their 2020 class. There's, so, and I think in the early signing period, they're going to take, probably take 10 to 12 uh, mostly, and most of them will be an early enrollees. So I think you guys can kind of see just from when I'm speaking to a lot of the commits, they'll be early enrollees. So, and I just want to, I'm going to get my facts straight and make sure I understand exactly what he can do, especially when the season's over before that early signing period and the December period when can coaches can hit the road. If he's just going to be limited uh, to visits, because uh, typically coaches hit the road uh, during the week and then all the visitors come here. Uh, I think FAU has a lot of its, uh, they're filling a lot of spots for those kind of December visits. And as we kind of get in that month and I have more freedom in the day, uh, you'll start seeing a lot more stories uh, kind of pumping out. But, you know, just overall with that free recruiting news, they're doing really well. Uh, there's some kids, you know, that I know about that are coming that you know, I can't really say anything yet. Um, you know, they're, they're, they definitely uh, have looking for certain types of players. You know, I, I think one interesting thing, uh, you know, just with the two O-linemen they have committed this year uh, so far, Malik Jones, uh, you know, from the from the Tampa area, and Andre Lamas, who's uh, from Columbus. Both kids uh, are from really well-coached offensive line schools, and we kind of talk about that on the forum. How 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 hard it is in this state, and how pretty much even Florida is in the top ten has had their O line issues. It's a tough state to recruit O line just because the coaching just isn't there. So they're going for they're going for kids that. You could just tell by their school they have they have some really they're really well coached, uh, 
And, you know, another thing, FAU is really looking to get some serious speed back, uh, especially in the receiving core. So, you know, Justin uh, McKitson, the right, you know, the receiver from Georgia that committed over the summer, uh, the kid can fly, track star. So, you know, uh, look uh, for more of those type of commits. And, you know, I wrote a piece on it a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago about JUCO. There will be some JUCO guys. They're going to need to fill them on the D-line, build depth on the O-line, and possibly even corner. So, you know, that's that's kind of where we are. But, again, expect that for you to have a larger December class. Yeah, I, I just want all of our fans to know that uh, you guys can can follow along with Shane's phenomenal recruiting coverage. Uh, he does a recruiting roundup about every Thursday or Friday. Uh, I mean, he's he's working his tail off going to so many schools in South Florida. I, I went to, to one game, Armwood High School over here in Tampa, and I was exhausted by halftime. So I don't even know how you do it, man, going to game after game down yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, what I, I – um, You show you know, up and there's no air conditioning. No. Awesome. It's like one of the Frank Gore Jr. Who Frank Gore Jr. is going to be a phenomenal player. I mean – I got a few videos of him, and God, he looks like – I hate saying this, but, man, he runs like motor in so many ways. I got a video of him jump cutting into the end zone, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of – you know, just the size and the way they're built. But, you know, you got to uh, – to get, a uh, like, two good touchdown videos, you got to film every single play. So I, I, yeah, I don't even watch most of the game. I'm filming mostly every single play. Uh, like this weekend, I'm going to probably be at Cardinal Gibbons. Uh, if he has a couple big targets there, uh, a couple kids are, they're um, going to try and flip in a couple, but you know, I'll, I'll add this too. FAU is going after some big names. They're trying to keep some kids that, that, that you know, we've talked about on the forum before. And I think in the past that kids that are committed to Iowa state and Syracuse and kind of the Maryland's and the, in the uh, Indianas of the world, and they're really going for those kids and keeping them in state. You know, they're kind of fighting for a next level athlete. It's difficult here. Um, you know, it's it's hard to find a player under uh, a rock in Florida without you know that doesn't have five offers already. So, right, I can tell you they're they're working their tail off in recruiter. I think the whole thing with Lance, you have one less guy possibly out there. Uh, you know, his violation was 13 text messages during a non-contact period. You know, we're not talking <laughs> like we go back to what happened with Chris Kiffin. He let a recruit stay on, sleep on his couch that didn't have a place to stay, I think is ultimately. I mean, if you read some of these violations, you're just like, this is kind of ridiculous NCAA. And, you know, everyone kind of walks the line with these rules and a lot of times the players themselves in high school have trouble even keeping up with them. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out, but FAE is going to, I think it ultimately is going to have another top three conference USA class. And I think that's, that's becoming expected. Even when Charlie Partridge was a head coach, that was something that was expected uh, just with our stadium alone. Now, now we get the, the facilities that we expect to have coming up this, this winter. Uh, and the style, style of coach that we have, and, and top three, not even top two is what we're expecting here now. Um, I've got to see, and it just from what I've seen, and, and you get to, and this is kind of my first year doing this, uh, I've got to see about half the kids committed play and meet them in person, and I hope to eventually by the end of FE's class 
where I can look back and see I've seen half these kids play, whether it's a seven-on-seven tournament six, seven months ago or, you know, at a high school game. And I know this sounds like a cliche thing to say, but they are quality kids. Uh, you know, there's even a couple names out there who probably in commit in December that I can't say yet, but, like, you know, I went and saw them, and it's they're, they're quality kids. They're leaders on their teams. Uh, you know, I, Andre Lamas is – he's going to be a stud alignment here, and we're going to look back on his career kind of like we do an Antonio Woods or a Brandon Walton or a Reggie Bain now. Uh, right. You know, they got from Columbus last year. They're Federico, you know. <clears throat> They're picking up a couple all linemen. There's a kid coming next year, Ryan Rodriguez, 2021 FAU's offered. So, you know, they're building kind of a pipeline with the line. The Malik Jones uh, offensive lineman, state championship wrestler. I talked to his, you know, him and his dad, and it's like, wow, we're getting this kid. This kid's going to be like uh, amazing, you know, locker room. Frank Gore Jr. is a, you know, great kid. And I'm just talking about the kids I've met. So, you could just tell the type of player they're going for. And you're like, man, it's, you get, keep stacking classes like this. You turn yeah. around in a few years. Um, it can be really special. And I think all people forget, you know, Anthony Romp, the quarterback from Detroit that committed way in the beginning is just, you know, all aboard. He's going to be here in January. More and more of these kids are enrolling early, which I think we'll see more kids start to play as freshmen. <clears throat> Um, yeah, they never really – the uh, enrolling early never really used to be a thing. Uh, yeah, if you only had three this year, I expect in the spring, I think when the dust settles, <laughs> you might have seven or eight. That's just uh-huh. kind of, I'd have to look at it. But I, I think we're – they're and, and as coach – as the staff is here longer and they're building relationships, and now FAU could – looking at kids that on their staff that they've been recruiting for possibly two full years now and have a better idea of grades, you know, front – a lot of times when a staff gets here, they're just trying to get whatever kids they can. And, but, uh, it, you know, so expect that number to grow, which is, it's part of in college football now. You have to get kids to enroll early. I mean, because you need freshmen to play because we've talked about the portal. You're yeah. losing more kids. Lane said in the fall, we had 73 scholarship players. Now they use those scholarship on walk-ons, but you're losing more than you're gaining. So you need, freshmen to be more ready to cut to be available to play as scholarship players yeah I, I do want to mention real quick going kind of just going back to Lance Thompson um, who is rated as one of the best recruiters in the nation by ESPN and rivals uh, he does have to serve a suspension for one game well he already has he already served his suspension did he yeah, really a, yeah the Wagner, game. the Wagner game oh makes sense then good I was gonna I was gonna say I'm not sure if he served it or not but we're good, guys. All right, we're set. Yeah, so. He, he's still allowed to have contact with players if they're on campus as well, by the way. All right, well, thanks for the the update on recruiting. And definitely stay tuned to the Owl's Nest for um, for more recruiting as the year goes on. And uh, I think that will about do it for us. Again, the games this weekend, this Saturday, 3.30 start time, I believe, at ESPN+. Plus. Um, and, uh, Jack, you had something you want to say? Uh, I just want to say that basketball season is here. I know we're mainly a football podcast, but I love college basketball. Uh, college basketball season begins this Friday against Lynn. It's going to be a free game for everyone that wants to head out to the borough. Uh, hey, FAU's a basketball school, guys. We're back at it. 
It's going to be a good game. And then we're off to, to play Flagler on November 5th. So it's going to be a really good season. The team is projected to do really well. Stay tuned for a lot of great content in Owls Nest regarding the basketball season. Uh, I'm not sure about y'all, but I think it's the best time of the entire year when you have football and basketball at the same time. It's, it's a lot of good stuff is going on. Jalen Ingram's back. That, um, the most conference, or most of the games that FAU is playing, the conference games anyway, are on ESPN Plus this year. Um, so that's – if anybody tried to watch Conference USA, their whatever network that was last year and past couple of years, it's been a pain. So that should, that certainly, should certainly help us there. So, um, yeah, so hopefully, um, you know, this is a chance for, for the guys to get back in the win column, get uh, closer to the ever um, – ever desirable six wins. And uh, like, like we said last week, the loss to Marshall is not the end of the season. It's not the end of the uh, chase for Conference USA. Uh, make sure you, that you watch the Marshall-Western Kentucky game this weekend because that kind of has some major, major implications um, for our seasons, and it's, they normally tend to be pretty good games. So if you like uh, college football and Conference USA, you'll want to tune into that one. And um, yeah, make sure you check us out at Inside the Borough and uh, on Twitter and all of your favorite podcasting apps, YouTube, and as always at theowlsnest.com. So we thank you again for joining us and we will see you later on this week. Go Owls!